You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's KDD, online and social media editor of SD Times. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be speaking with Matt Bellman, CEO of Netlify, to go over a few of the findings from the 2022 Jamstack Community Survey and to look at some of the trends currently going on in the developer community. What led to the creation of the Jamstack Community Survey? What was the real motive behind it? Yeah, I mean, the Jamstack community has always been incredibly important to us. We we always saw the one of the unique parts uh, around the Jamstack approach and around this whole composable architectural approach to building for the web be that in that you have all these different open source projects, uh, vendors like ourselves, or headless CMSs, or headless databases, or commerce providers, or authentication providers, and so on, all building tools that the developers in the community can 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 combine and use together in different ways uh, to really help them focus on building their unique value and not and, and, and not all the, the individual pieces that can just as well be, be shared. And there was always a vision around like, how can we as a community build together so all of us benefits? That's why we started the, the, the series of camps like conferences, meetups back in the day. And the survey has also been a piece of this, like getting getting real insight through data to how the, how the community is evolving what's top of mind for the developers in the community and uh, and how are they approaching the different tools and open source projects. Right. Um, why do you think that the results show that many developers aren't buying into the hype around Web3? <laughs> yeah, the, the timing of that question couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be better maybe with the, with the crypto troubles we're, we're seeing right now. Right. Um, I, I think... The, the interesting piece with, with Web3 is that, of course, there's some, the core story around Web3 of like, how can we build a more federated, more open web? How can we allow users real ownership over their, their data um, and their identity? I think that's something that, that resonates with a lot of the community and, and with everyone that's passionate, passionate about the, the open web. But then there's also been a, another side of, of, of Web3 that's really been people buying into it, first of all, because of, the speci- like the, because of the speculative value of the underlying crypto tokens. And I think it's always been pretty visible when we've looked at um, some, of the, some of the really exciting uh, technological platforms like Ethereum or Solidity or Sol- uh, Ethereum or Solid or the like. Um, that that gives developers uh, smart contract uh, abilities and so on. That that there's a discrepancy between the amount of people buying into them because of the speculative cryptocurrency value and the amount of actual active developers building real things on those platforms. And there's also a discrepancy between this vision of an open federated web where you and I can bring our own data and our own identity and then sort of always linking it to crypto while there are many other approaches to that. And I think 
forcing those two to be one thing under the nomen of Web3 has created some like some legitimate skeptics with uh, with a lot of developers. Right. What do you think Web3 got right about the future of the modern web? I mean, I, I think they got right the the core concept that, that a lot of us would like to see platforms that, that are not owned by a, a single uh, company or a single provider, right? Mm-hmm. Like when, when we think about the open web in general and, and our mission at Netlify to, to further the open web, the reason we were excited about the open web has always been that it's a platform that doesn't have an owner, right? Like mm-hmm. no one can come and, and buy the web tomorrow and make their own decisions. It's a shared ecosystem between all of us. And I think part of web free took that thinking towards platforms like uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and the like, where, where those are also becoming platforms in the social media space. And, and, and those are very different. Uh, like Twitter literally just went, went through uh, the example of what it means that, that someone can come and buy that platform and do new things with it. And whether you like, whether people agree with what, what's being done with it or not, it underlines like the, the inability to say, okay, I'm just going to take my Twitter handle and my Twitter following and my data and go somewhere else. Right. right? And I think the underlying with free promise of like, how can we build technology that would allow people to do that? Um, that I, that I think is the part that, that web free is getting right. And then there's a lot of questions. Is that not necessarily like tied to, crypto solutions or uh, as the kind of solutions that Tim Berners-Lee uh, uh, is, is supposing, uh, is, is suggesting with, with, uh, with Solid and so on. Are those, are those the way to go? Um, those are still open questions, but I think there's value to building towards those kind of standard-based platforms um, as a contrast to the, to, to the very sort of... Um, closed off walled gardens with a with a single owner. Do you think that there's an opportunity for Web3 to kind of evolve into something that could be more suitable for more developers and kind of heighten that adoption? I, I think so. I think so. But I think it will take much longer than 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 people think and I think it will have to kind of outlast the 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 pure speculation in the space to to be valid. And as I said, some of it might end up some of it might end up being based on on blockchain technology and some of it might just be built around some of the um core web primitives we already have like uh, domains and and domain ownership and why do you think serverless adoption saw such a massive uptick in the last year yeah um, i think I think we are really in the in, in that adoption curve. I think we're really in in the place where we are starting to cross the the chasm from from very early adopters and and into the early majority. Um, platforms like our own have made it much more approachable to use these technologies, and have also started being a bit more prescriptive around like how do you make sense of it and how do you make it work. And I think that's that's part of what's really allowed this to take off and starting to be, be mainstream. Um, I think inherently it makes a like inherently it makes sense that as we add more and more 
complexity in the user experiences we can build on the web, the more we need to take away complexity somewhere else. Right. And serverless has been one of the answers to that of like, how can we take away the complexity of managing servers and releases and the rollouts and load balancing and all of these questions and allow developers to focus more on just writing the code they need and then having systems like ours figuring out how to actually run it. What do you think is the most important and kind of useful finding that the survey came back with this year? Uh, it's it's hard to pick one. I mean, I think from sort of a broader perspective, the, the results we, we got when it came to remote work have just been incredibly strong, right? Like um the the strong strong indication that remote work is not going to be a, a short-lived trend or something like that but a more fundamental shift in 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 the way we actually work and collaborate together um hearing that 55 percent of of the survey developers would would rather quit than be asked to go back to an office permanently that's 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 really strong numbers, right? Like, and it shows that it wasn't just like a temporary period during the lockdowns where, where people would start working remotely. It's a more uh, transformative part of, of how we are going to be collaborating together in the future. Yeah, definitely. It's, it shows that real solidified data of the change that the workforce has seen and kind of where it's going to be going in the next few years as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's, it puts a, it it also means that there's amazing opportunity to create better tools for for remote work right. we have we have tools that makes it possible now right like in a very different way than than um, than, than it was just uh, 10 years ago for the pandemic we, we were a hybrid company and we were always very firm believers in in, in remote work and in um, and in the future of that but it was like a relatively small group of companies that in, in the broader spectrum were really bought into that, right? right? And now we've seen it go completely mainstream. And that should be a, an enormous opportunity to also really evolve the next generation of tooling for, for how we can make the remote experience even, even better. And the hybrid experience as well, because I think most people are still looking for ways to combine being able to get together in physical places to do plannings and offsites and all this stuff that lies in between the day-to-day work. Um, so, I, so I think like there's, there's so much opportunity now for, for, for developing for, for, that, uh, for that new world. Yeah, definitely. Um, did any findings from the survey particularly surprise you? I would say that like, in in general, I've I've been in tune with the with with the ecosystem, right? So I didn't feel like there was anything that that stood up and was like a big big shock to me. It was more things that 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 just solidified how stark some of these changes have been. Like like the fifty five percent of people saying they would quit, right? Like yeah, I I I've been a believer in remote work work forever, and uh, and I think it's a strong trend. But numbers like those were, were for sure still still surprising to to see in, in in front of me. Right. Yeah. Seeing that it's such a massive, overwhelming majority of people who would be like just leave their jobs yeah. if they had to go back in person. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, based on the survey, can you make any predictions for the trends that we might see in the developer community going forward? Um, yeah, I think both based on the survey and, and based on getting together with the ecosystem and looking at the, 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 the different things that's going on, it's, it's really interesting that there's like these two, two pieces of the survey, obviously like React has reached like a very broad um, majority of the ecosystem and has become really commonplace. But at the same time, I think um, when we look at the results around web components, I think a lot of people are starting to feel, and I heard that sentiment a lot, that while React have, have, have reached that sort of tipping point of really becoming like a broad normal standard, the fact that it's still kind of in rapid evolution and changing the ground beneath the feet that developers stand on also means that this is actually like really a moment in time where a lot of developers are starting to look at um, at at other alternatives, either the ones that will give them more of a sense of like really long-term stability, which is why I think there's a strong searching interest in, in, in web components as something that's like moving at the speed of browsers and, and it's going to be stable ground for a long time, or then for the ones that really want more innovation and rapid development, they're suddenly starting to look at all the alternatives to react like a quick and solid and swelled and so on. So I think it'll be a time where we'll see some, some more of a split on that. And I actually think that we'll see the next service look, look a bit differently in terms of the, um, adoption curve for, Re for, for React itself. All right. Well, those are all the specific questions that I had for you, unless you wanted to dive into any other findings from the survey. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think that was, uh, I think that was it. It was really special being able to share the survey in person with the whole Jamstack community at the uh, conference Monday and Tuesday. And it was great to see just the full energy of the, right. of the community being, being back in person. Um, so yeah, uh, really, really, really excited for the health and the uh, and the future of the ecosystem. Yeah, after being separated for so long, it's got to feel <laughs> satisfying yeah. to be back in a room with everybody again. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was really great. It was really great. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. All right. It looks like that's all the time that we have for today's show. Thanks again, Matt, for joining me. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. And until then, this has been What the Dev.